When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast, bonus edition. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the king of podcast style. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the Barry Windham to my Arn Anderson. It be Greg. What up, Greg? Well, that is not Uncle Howdy. Yeah, right. Uh, the look, bro. <laughs> Uh, that's clearly very, him. Yeah, it's clearly modeled after him. Yeah, uh, that he. Yeah, because you look at the the look that he has on this show, and it's like, I mean, not the hair per se, but definitely that stash. Like, come on, man. But either way, ladies and gents, today we are going back to the year nineteen ninety one, right before some things kind of hit the fan. <laughs> some th- before things kind of hit the fan in WCW. And things were uh, like, I feel like a recurring theme of that company. You know, that? yeah, right. I feel like things were in the process of hitting the fan. And oddly enough, we're going to be talking about in the news. uh, Some things were hitting the fan in the WWF in a different way. Not that their roster was about to be blown up and they were about to lose like their top heel of all time. But some things with WrestleMania are afoot. If it's kind of funny, they're about to benefit from WCW exploding here. (laughs) They are. And there's going to be think about that. <laughs> well, there's going to be a lot of controversy surrounding uh, both companies, one for a specific event, uh, obviously WrestleMania. And then the other one, just because WCW is just not good. Believe me, not good. <sighs> yeah. Things are happening, man. Uh, Have there ever been a wrestling company that's been more up and down than WCW in its life? Uh I was going to say maybe TNA, but I don't even think them like TNA has just been kind of a they haven't had the highs that WCW had. Uh, well, I'm just thinking or, about WCW. I'm like, remember, for, and then like, they, they, did they secede from the NWA or they can come out one of the two? But it was uh, that. They sus- yeah, they seceded. There's that. And the whole thing with Jim Hurd. Yeah. Um, Bishop takes over, makes it hot. And yeah. Right. The merger starts killing in 98 and then 2001 is just completely dead. Well, think about man, you want to talk about a patient on like life support for a long time, man. Right. It's think about terrible. this company was running in the red since the mid eighties. Like in in the mid, uh, somewhere in the mid eighties, they were actually <laughs> making money for a while uh, under Jim Crockett, and then they just started running in the red and never stopped until nineteen ninety five. Eric Bischoff said that was the first year WCW had ever made money. 
uh, because keep in mind they weren't WCW under Jim Crockett. So it's kind of funny how that goes on. Uh, it goes forgotten. Everyone just goes right to the end. Oh, Bischoff killed it. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was all him. No, Bischoff brought it back to life, really. Right. And Bischoff wasn't as, as much genius as I think he had and whatever. Uh, he wasn't like necessarily Vince McMahon because Vince was like running hard and heavy for decades and decades running that company of his. Uh, Bischoff had a relatively short run. He did make a lot of money and he beat out Vince for 83 weeks in a row. So... There you go. Was it 83 weeks? I don't know. Yeah, well, it was 83 weeks in a row, plus the... I I don't know how much, as far as, like, financials go. Uh, Bruce Pritchard talked about that. He was like, well, there was a time in, like, I want to say 97, definitely in 98. He was saying, he's like, we were making money. He said, we weren't running at a loss or anything. We We were, you know, at a net positive as far as, like, our money goes. We just weren't beating WCW. You don't have to beat the competition to be successful. So I'm wondering about tell Tony Khan that. Yeah, right. I'm wondering that about WCW. Like, obviously, they didn't start beating WWF until. Uh, yeah, that's something I think that gets lost on people. They think that Nature just launched and boom, started kicking Raw's ass. No, it took a minute. Right. Yeah. So it, yeah, '95. It was like, yeah. Beating yeah, WWE ninety five is just you know I could have did it. <laughs> yeah, AEW at their worst might have been able to do it, but <laughs> that was some garbage. <laughs> yeah. So it's, and like uh, I said, ninety five was not good. I'm eleven years old, man. I ate it up. I I ran home for Raw every single night. I played my friends. Oh, yeah. oh, eight, eight nine o'clock, whatever. I gotta go. Yeah, when you're a kid, you don't know. Because, like, I go back now and watch some of those old Raws during uh, the Attitude yeah. Era, and I'm like, oh, God. Like, I loved this stuff as a kid. I was obsessed with it as a kid. Now I'm watching it, and I'm going, ew. Like, not all of it. Obviously, there was a lot of great shows. Um, but some of it was just like, oh, God. Well, you never got the wrestling you get nowadays. Like, go back and watch it. Like, where's the great, like, great matches? Yeah, right. You might get one or two per pay-per-view. Maybe, but yeah, like being a, an amazing in-ring performer wasn't like a big thing during that time. It was all about storylines and talking and whatever, but bro, nobody wants to see wrestling, bro. Yeah, right. But he said this and the proof is in the pudding right there. Boom. Yep. Well, times and tastes also change, but so I, I don't know. I don't know if you could get away with something like that nowadays, but again, no, not when you see what guys like Gunther and Sheamus put on all the time. Right. But in the slight defense of him, I guess, uh, nobody's ever really, nobody's attempting an Attitude Era Crash TV style nowadays. So I don't know. Well, if the problem would. is, I don't think they can get away with it because certain things you have to do. The glamorizing uh, sex and violence. Might be yeah. Tough, I, don't know. I mean, you'd have to make it a little more toned down and more PG 13 rather than closer to an R. You don't but, watch Dynamite, do you? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's still not. That's still not like a Crash TV style per se. And I don't know if it's still the same. I haven't watched a full Dynamite in forever. But when I was watching, oh, it was like, <laughs> well, it was like it opened up with a hot match. The middle of the card was the most forgettable stuff I've ever seen. And then sometimes you'd have a hot main event. Other than that, like that was like the formula for all of it. So I don't know. But either way, uh, in 1991, it was an interesting time, I'll say. Plenty of news and notes to get to. Do we to. still call this the golden era? Or is this part of it? 
I guess, yeah, because we haven't hit, we hadn't hit the new generation yet. We were about to. So for me, new generation is when Bret Hart becomes the WWE champion. Like that's that's when it starts for me. And that which is ninety three. Is it ninety three? No, ninety two. Sorry, ninety two. Yeah, going into ninety three. Yeah, uh, I would say, uh, I don't know. I would I would say more ninety three was probably. Seemed like the start of it because '92, you still had Hogan and Savage running hot. Uh, Ultimate Warrior was there. Uh, Rich Flair still very much seemed like the golden era to me. That seems but. like new generation to me, right there. All those guys. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but like when Brett, Diesel, Sean, uh, when they started becoming the, the the top guys, like it seemed to uh, seem like the tides turned a little bit and and things. Forgot Yokozuna too. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's uh, he was kind of a uh, he. He was definitely part of it. I'll say that. And also, there's one other one that's kind of funny, and I think you know, you and I agree we like this guy, so it's just kind of funny. He's shoehorned in there as Lex Luger. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely part <laughs> he's of it. Like, New Jen, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, and he was hot in WCW during the WWF's golden era, so. Lots of lots of stuff, and he's about to benefit actually a lot from Ric Flair being gone here. Yeah. Not not too far after this, so, not very Wyndham as Flair wanted. Yeah, right. Oh God, dang it! Look at look at Luger's body. He he's the man. Look at Barry. He looks like he eats steak every night. Yeah, well, that's that's got to be. I'm and not to, a damn thing wrong with that. No, I'm trying to do the the um, uh, Jim Hurd. There is like I ah, look, just look at him. He's got that Starcane made event in tan. <laughs> oh, Ripley muscles. Ric Flair, who the hell are you? We'll call you somebody. Stress. Somebody get him a pizza. God. I got to hook up a pizza. <laughs> Look, Lex, I know you're going to win the NWA title tonight, but here's a coupon to Pizza Hut. Now that's the real prize. That's a bonus. <laughs> I want to say that, like, he did the old, like, the, the meme of the fact that, like, the foreman of the factory where he's like, look, uh, you know, I know you guys have been busting your ass, whatever. So the company's going to reward you all for all your overtime and and you're working on the weekends. We're going to have a pizza party. <laughs> like, I feel that was, I feel like that was Jim Hurd. <laughs> but either way, uh, we there's never been a more unanimously hated person wrestling, right? I mean, even like going back to Russo, we some other people who like him. But right. Unanimously, yeah. people hate her. <laughs> Yeah, J- Jim Ross is the only one that won't completely bury him, but he also won't give him any credit. So, <laughs> there's, I mean, I, what the hell are you going to give him? Oh, being a stand-up human. Yeah, right. Uh, well, and he said he was he was stuck with him a lot of the times because he can he kind of <laughs> he's sort of burying him because it was like you know the last guy picked for uh, for dodgeball <laughs> because he's like well, now, I, wanted- now I pick you 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 pick me you're stuck with me. <laughs> Yeah, well, because he's like, well, I lived in Atlanta, where where uh, WCW was based. So he's like, I had nowhere to go. Everybody else was like, well, I gotta leave the meeting early to catch a flight and whatever. So he's like, I was stuck with Herd, and then he'd be like, ah, let's go to the bar, and it's like, ah, son of a. <laughs> so, yeah, but and he and he said he's a good. He he'll say he's a good human, but that's as far as he'll go with it. He's like, oh, he was he was nice. He's like, when you actually talk to him, like outside of work, he was a nice guy. Uh, he just sucked at what he did, which I mean, you know, I often wonder the same thing about Russo, <sighs> dude. I, I don't know. That's a, we were talking about this. I don't know how much of it is put on and how much of it is like his actual personality. 
because by God, if that's his, like the stuff he says on his podcast, if that's real, then he's not a good person. <laughs> but I choose to believe a lot of that is putting on an act. Like I, I just have to. Either way, we've got plenty of news and notes to get into. Uh, before we do that, we're going to tell you about the sponsor of the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day at the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those who want a subtle and sleek looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. Spring and summer are just around the corner, so you know when you're out golfing and the sun's beating down and you just want to take your shirt off because of the heat? Well, these polos almost feel like you aren't wearing one at all. That's great for beating the heat, because I don't know about you, but even here in the Midwest, our summers get blazing hot. So you don't want to give up your golfing time because it's just a little too warm outside. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now we're going to take our first break where we tell you about our merchandise and some other great podcasts both uh, on the Belly Up Podcast Network and off the Belly Up Podcast Network. Uh, these are ones that we personally endorse. And as Ron Swanson says, Son, you should know that my recommendation is essentially a guarantee. So stick around for the break. On the other end of this, news and notes time. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble in your new main event marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store Slash main event marks. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, aka Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, 
He told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. The main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form and you mix them into water. You can either choose from green apple or watermelon. You can also try both if you get their sample kit. Use our special link that is down in the podcast description, or you can simply go to shockedenergy.com at checkout. Use the promo code main event, all one word, to save 10% on your order. That's promo code main event, and you're going to save 10% at checkout. Do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts? Gimmick and politics free? Well, so do we here at the main event, Marks, and so do the guys and gals at Coffee Brand Coffee, where they ditch the gimmicks. You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee as well as K-Cups, And for the non-coffee people, they offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. Got anything to pop today? No, I'm just drinking bottled water. Nice. Always a good choice. I'm, Full disclosure, uh, it's kind of early in the morning, and I would not drink anything. You has no sugar this early in the morning. Hmm. Yeah, he's on Narnia time. I'm on uh, East Coast time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm in early afternoon, and I'm having a, I guess, a late day coffee. This is <laughs> right before we started recording. I brewed a cup of coffee. So there well, you go. You know who you're talking to, you, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm having a bit of a late day coffee. I usually only drink it in the mornings, but. Figured, F it. But all right, news and notes time. That is correct. <laughs> Shut the f*** up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. We'll start off with the WCW news this week. We've got some WCW, some WWF, some indies, and some uh, some news from Japan. So how about that? I'm going to assume there's no ECW this week. No. No, I think... I think they were technically around in 91, but uh, well, who the hell they were. Probably Eastern Championship Wrestling, you know, so. Yeah, they definitely were. Yeah, they were part of the NWA and all that. Uh, but, you know, so the NWA can rest easy. They lost WCW, but hey, they had ECW. Anyway, uh, Russell War 91 did somewhere between 140,000 and 170,000 buys, which is not bad. Both sides in the WWF versus WCW War of Phoenix are claiming victory on the night, of course. The WWF is crowing about outselling their pay-per-view with a house show, while WCW is crowing because WrestleMania won't be able to touch the, their pay-per-view for quality. 
Well, they were both kind of right. Hold on. Um, what year is this again? 91? Yeah. It's WrestleMania 7. Yeah, so, yeah. You didn't really deliver. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't... That one, I, I don't remember, like, the, the whole card for WrestleMania 7. I'll have to put that one on the docket sometime. Uh, I just know Warrior and Savage, Hogan and, and Slaughter. Um, so. Yeah, there are a lot of squash matches in there, too. Yeah, I'd have to go. I don't know if I've ever watched start to finish WrestleMania 7. Oh, there's the blindfold match, right? Oh, yeah. How <laughs> about that one? Virgil and Ted DiBiase. Yeah. Ah, uh, man. Well, let's see. Uh, just to put a, a, a quick comparison here. The main event of Wrestle War was War Games. But, war Games! War Games! Between... Between the four horsemen of Ric Flair, Barry Windham, and Sid Vicious with Larry Zbysko. Uh, taking on Sting, Brian Pillman, and the Steiner Brothers. That yeah, sounds interesting. Uh, no. Then, the World Tag Team Titles, the Fabulous Freebirds versus Doom. Uh, Lex Luger putting the WCW US title on the line against Dan Spivey. God. I'm sure that was a barn burner. <laughs> I never saw him dance by me. Maybe it's just yeah. me. Right. Uh, Big Van Vader versus Stan Hansen. Uh, I I wonder if uh, Vader kept his eye in his head that match. Uh, the oh, you know, that Pist- was a legit fight. Yeah. Uh, the Young Pistols versus the Royal Family of Jack Victory and Rip Morgan. Hell yeah. Dude, I'm all over this paper. I need to watch it now. Yeah, Dustin Rhodes versus Buddy Landell. Bobby Eaton versus Brad Armstrong. Okay, that was probably good, actually. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What was the, f- the first match was a six-man tag between Ricky Morton, Tommy Rich, or excuse me, Wildfire. Somebody say something about Fired Up? <laughs> uh, Tommy Rich and the Junkyard Dog uh, taking on Big Cat. What's no, a random-ass uh, team? I thought those right. two were heels at that time. I thought it was Richard Morton at the time he was heel. Uh... I think this is probably right before he joined oh. the uh, the what is it, the York Foundation, and yeah, because um, uh, Terry Taylor is on the card. Alexander- yeah, he's with he's got Alexander York in his corner taking on. Okay, so the York Foundation is in the making right now, then. Right, uh, but yeah, it's uh, Ricky Morton, Tommy Rich, and Junkyard Dog defending the World Six Man Tag Titles, which I didn't know was a thing. Against Big Cat, who I was correct in thinking that's Curtis Hughes, and State Patrol, which is Lieutenant James Earl Wright and Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. So Big Cat was always just a big black man, huh? I guess so. Kind of lazy, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Uh, What what do we call you? Bearcat? Big Cat? I don't know. You pick. I believe you just said Bearcat. (laughs) Hey, it's out there, man. It's out in the ether. And he wasn't even from Cincinnati. That's what got me. I don't think Bearcat Wright was uh, from Cincy. I could be wrong on that, but I don't know. I had to look up what the hell a damn Bearcat was when I was in Cincinnati. I'm like, is this a real thing, or did they come up with it? Uh, You know, I personally feel robbed because the dark match we didn't get to see was Eddie Eddie Guerrero. I think you're being sarcastic as hell. Then you say Eddie Guerrero. Okay, I can't well, read this one. Okay. Well, he's, 
<laughs> one out of four ain't bad. It's Eddie Guerrero and Ultraman, who was actually uh, Damien Say Say Say, taking on Pucholo and Rudy Boy. Right. <laughs> on the bonus show, by the way. Nice usage. Yeah, right. <laughs> Give me a freaking bonus here. But anyway, so I've yeah, only ever watched Goldmember, and that's the only one I really ever saw, so. Oh, man. The second one, probably my favorite. First one's pretty good. Uh, but speaking of WCW, Uncle Dave offers a preview of the New Japan Super Show from the Tokyo Dome. Oh, of course he does. Interest in the idea is way down in Japan, so a sellout seems unlikely at this point. Uncle Dave thinks that it's a mistake to put it on pay-per-view, even at $10, and it might have been a better idea to offer it for free on TV just to get more eyeballs on WCW. Let me save you time, Uncle Douche. It's always better to offer anything for free, idiot. Yeah. That's like yeah. kind of a stupid statement. Well, it depends on who you're talking about better idea. Like, they're not making any money off it if it's on free TV. They're going to make the same amount regardless. So, if they put well, it on pay per view. You up the uh, advertising rates and stuff. Yeah. But what he's pointing out is like, well, you can put it on TV and it's going to be what it is, whatever. Or you can put it on pay per view, pay a lot of money to put it on pay per view, and it busts. Which, I mean, there you go. But either way, uh, more eyeballs on WCW stuffing 50,000 people into a stadium. Also, you said balls. Good God. Uh, also, <laughs> since they're going to be headlining uh, the May pay-per-view, which is Super Brawl 1, now in the archives, with Tatsumi Fujinami versus Ric Flair, it probably would have been a good idea to actually introduce the U.S. audience to Fujinami before making people pay $25 to watch him. Can't argue with that. Uh, Uncle Dave notes that Fujinami is still a top worker, but if you're expecting to see Flair carry him to a steam to steamboat levels, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, and I mean, not to ruin it yet, but uh, you know, the match is. I like the match, but it wasn't ever going to go down in the history books. Oh my God, did you see that match? Oh, it, let's just say it wasn't a classic. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Uh, in WCW, Dusty Rose, Dusty Rose wants to revive the Great American Bash Tour this summer with outdoor shows like the good old days. Now, you're probably asking why a company that can't sell 5,000 tickets indoors would want to run stadiums, but that's WCW for you. Again, I can't argue with that logic. Can we just talk about them losing money? Yeah, right. Hey, baby, I got this great idea. Okay, we're going to run these big-ass stadiums and charge a lot of money to run it. And uh, we gonna we gonna get like maybe a fifth of the audience in there, okay, baby? <laughs> Superdome yeah, show now in the archives. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, God. Uh, but anyway, Robert Gibson has given his notice to WCW because they've decided that the Rock and Roll Express, Four Horsemen, and Midnight Express are all bygone concepts, and it's time to create fresh and new ideas. You know, like copying the Great American Bash Tour from five years ago. <laughs> Again, I just like, it makes too much damn sense. Yeah, uh, you know what? You know what we need to do in 1991, Greg? Is get rid of our two top tag teams, our biggest uh, faction that we've ever had, and our top heel. Piss them all off, cut their pay, and fire them. Sounds mm -hmm. like a good idea to me. You got guys like the Young Pistols coming up. Yeah. 
which is I don't know great. Why I, went right to them. <laughs> I mean, I, I think they were a great tag team. I don't know how many people felt that way, but I thought they were really good. Uh, but you're going to be like, ah, yeah, the Rock and Roll Express and uh, the Midnight Express, they ain't got nothing to offer us anymore. Get out, get them out of here. You throw some paint on and you come to smoking guns. Boom. <laughs> good God. But yeah, so this is the Jim Hurd era, ladies and gents. WCW was already getting ready to split Barry Windham from the Four Horsemen and turn him babyface, but with his recent promos hinting strongly in that direction. Yeah. What was the show? I know it's now in the archives, wasn't it? But what show was it where he faced Luger for the WCW title in a cage? And they turned the like... There was two cage matches, right? I think so. Was um, it Starcade? I feel like we recently did it, so it might have been Starcade. Yeah, that was the Starcade '91 was Battle Bowl. Uh, yeah, no, the main event was, that one was not that Luger and Anderson versus Terrence Taylor and Z-Man. No, I think it was earlier in the year. I want to say it was Great American Bash. Uh, yeah, okay, Great American Bash 1991. That was the one. Flair is on the cover. He's supposed to be there. Uh, it was supposed to be him versus Luger, and they flipped it, and it was Luger versus Wyndham for the vacant title in a, in a salad steel cage. And Luger won by turning on Barry. And I guess it was a double turn? Because, like, Luger went heel, Wyndham who, went... Who knows this place? Kind of face? Yeah, I don't know. I also laugh because that was not the main event. The main event was Rick Steiner versus Arn Anderson and Pauly Dangerously in a cage match. Someone's been watching Saturday Night's main event reruns, huh? Yeah. Uh, everybody go back. It is now in the archives. That show was booty. I mean, our podcast was entertaining. The show we watched. <laughs> tell everyone to go back and listen to crap. <laughs> I felt like we did an entertaining job with like, and it, like not to pat ourselves on the back, but I feel like that gives us more credit because we had garbage to work with and we made it listenable. So, Check it out. Salad. Save me the editing time. You get it. <laughs> yeah, right. God. Oh, here. Hey, things might be looking up, though, here, man, because Black Bart is headed into WCW for April, assuming he can find Stan Hansen. Well, I think Stan, I think Stan does come in, but Black Bart with a tiny wanger. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, but, uh, should we run through this again? Yeah, you know what? Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express, and Ric Flair don't have anything to offer us. Let's bring in Black Bart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you put it like that. I can see why they did it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Just. <laughs> why? Uh, why story not? Out. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know how to respond to that one. I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> but, like Elsa, let it go. Wow. Uh, final story out of WCW here. Master Blaster Steel, a.k.a. Kevin Nash. Yeah, that's what she calls me. God. Is going to be repackaged into a new character, Black Blood, that they're promoting, managed by Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> it's going to get yeah. far worse. <laughs> Yeah, no, Black Blood sucked, and that's going to be uh, Billy Jack Haynes. But 
I like how they take the the real southern white guy and they're like, "Oh, you're from France." <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, no, Nash Nash. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh L- Nash actually <sighs> bleaches his effing hair out and puts on neon green tights and he's Oz. Now, and, uh, but, but like, he is like, uh, like Bishop boy says, there was a kernel of truth in there because uh, Sullivan was still with him. Right. Yeah. He played the wizard. Nobody knew it was Sullivan, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I just liked him on the way to the ring. He's walking to the ring in that mask. He's like, welcome to Oz. <laughs> okay. I will say, I will still maintain. I think you're with me on this. His entrance was kind of cool. That was the thing with WCW. If you think about all the garbage stuff, had some good entrances. Yeah. Except for uh, Big Josh. <laughs> he walked to the ring with two bears on chains and they pissed on the ramp all the way down. That was uh, something. And poor, <laughs> Big poor Josh would want to do bigger things in WWE. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, this is stupid. I'm walking around with these bears, pretending to be a lumberjack. I'm going to go be a clown. <laughs> Again, when you put it like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> yeah, those two bears clearly pissed their way down the ramp because you can see like a, a trail of piss down the ramp all night. Freaking Bobby Eaton took a bump in it. Like, oh, God. That was. There's not enough money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway. Didn't, uh, didn't the dogs piss around the kennel in hell or kennel, whatever it was called? Yeah, Maybe. yeah, yeah. Yes, they were pissing and humping each other, and yeah. Uh, according to Bruce Pritchard, he said it was so bad Vince was just like losing it, laughing his ass off in the back. Ah, God dang it, they're pissing, they're pissing. Like, do you remember? This is I know it's hella, hella forward, like fast forward. But do you remember when Jake the Snake showed up in Old School Raw and put the Snake on Dean Ambrose, and it pissed, and it was on shedding him. everywhere. Yeah, and it you pissed. People learn. Hey, maybe we want to use animals and stuff. Maybe. Yeah, I, what was with WWE always bringing out animals? I know this was WCW with the bears, but like yeah, not everybody—a bird, a snake, a dog. Yeah, right. Cobra. Like, <sighs> there are probably more of them thinking of. Uh, well, Undertaker had that one entrance with the bird. Uh, like yeah, but that was for a special thing, though. Like one was yeah. one we're talking about just like all the time or more than one occasion. Yeah, oh, and then in TNA they had the freaking rat. With black rain for a while, just guys. Uh, yeah, there was Tara, also the Tara had the tarantula. The uh, I guess I don't. We don't know if it was ever really an animal. We never saw it, but that thing with Eric Rowan. Oh yeah, didn't it turn out to be like a giant mechanical spider he had in the so, damn thing? Yeah. That was, was so uh, stupid. That was a great reveal. Like, <laughs> oh man, that's right up there with uh, you know what, Hornswoggle. Yeah, yeah, was my little home. You shut your mouth. I would have laughed my ass off if his if the big reveal was he had Hornswoggle in that cage. I would have lost it laughing. Because it would have just been back to the old, like, what do we do with the storyline? How do we end it? Uh, uh, Hornswoggle. You know, we laugh and criticize. Man, that fool made a lot of money in that stupid crap. I'm reminded of you remember the bird on uh, the Flintstones when like that like they would get him to do something and he'd look at the camera and be like, eh, it's a living. Yep. Like <laughs> that's Hornswoggle, man. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and he was in that horrible Leprechaun movie. Awful. Like, I watched it because I thought maybe it was, like, connected oh. to the other Leprechaun movies. Who the hell else would be in that movie, though, to be fair? Yeah. I mean, it's I between like, him and Peter Dinklage. But Mr. Holier Than Thou, a uh, little person. Yeah. Whatever the well, PC word is. Well, to be fair, the original Leprechaun was um, uh, Willow. Can't think of his name. Yeah, I just, Warwick Davis just had it in my mind. Uh, but yeah, the, so it could have been Warwick. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> but yeah, it's like when he signed on for the movie, did he know it wasn't like the other Leprechaun movies? Probably didn't care. He was like, where's the check? But moving into the speaking of WWE, interest in wrestling. Hey, like he it, said, his own words, being a midget put food on his kid's table and clothes on his back. So whatever. Yep. Hey, things pay, man. Interest in WrestleMania is just way, way down from last year's show. Uncle Dave no. does. Yeah. Uncle Dave does concede that they've been in this situation before and still managed to pull out a big buy rate at the last minute. But with the WrestleMania four, I'm going to assume. Yeah. Uh, but with the war ending uh, so fast and patriotic fervor dying even faster afterwards, there's just nothing here to capture the imagination of the public. On the bright side, the L.A. Sports Arena is sold out with a gate of $970,000 based on 15,000 tickets, and that's impressive. Uh, it became or it becomes the smallest WrestleMania crowd in history. Uh, however, uh, despite the sizable money at the gate, everyone knows Hulk Hogan is getting the title back, so we'll find out how much people want to see him win it again. Answer? About fifty percent less than the previous WrestleMania. Well, now hold on. Like I know this is gonna sound weird. I mean, I, I know how numbers work. Duh, inflation. But can you imagine the nine hundred thirty-seven thousand dollar gate for WrestleMania nowadays? Holy crap! Yeah, yeah. I'm closer to nine hundred thirty-seven million. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna do some uh, uh in the inflation calculator here. Let's see, this was in nineteen ninety-one. Uh. And then this was what did I say nine hundred seventy thousand or nine hundred seventy five thousand. Excuse me. Uh, calculate. Okay, nine hundred seventy five thousand in today's money would be two million one hundred fifty three thousand five hundred ninety. Wow, it's a one hundred and twenty percent inflation rate. America. Yeah. Well, hold on to your butts, everybody. Not getting better. But anyway. Uh, Bob Costas pulled out of doing WrestleMania 7 for a variety of reasons. Mostly, the war-related buildup of the show didn't sit right with him. Alex Trebek will now be taking his place. That was supposed to be Bob Costas, really? I guess so. Okay. I'll take 50% less at the gate for 500, Alex. <sighs> anyway. Although it's too soon to judge, the new primetime wrestling is already back to the numbers of the old version. That's not a good thing, by the way. I didn't know primetime wrestling was a thing in 91. Yeah, it doesn't end until uh, Raw begins in 93. Huh. How about that? Yeah, so numbers aren't good here. I mean, I don't know what the numbers for Raw were. I'm assuming they were better than this, but yeah. Uh, finally, for the WWF here, the WWF's bodybuilding magazine is a complete flop. And no. they're in the butt. <laughs> in the bodybuilding world, and a giant turd in the sales charts as well. They're openly recruiting a whole new roster of writers and editors for the magazine, but with the 
weeders, weeders, whatever, blackballing anyone with any involvement, it's nearly impossible to find people who will work with Vince McMahon. Well, whiters blackballing people, huh? Oh, that's a weird porn. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what Widers is. I'm assuming it's some kind of bodybuilding something or other. Uh, Wider Global Nutrition, maybe? Yeah, uh, uh, Joe Wider, Canadian bodybuilder. That sounds like a fake name. Joe Wider. (laughs) (laughs) He's a co-founder of the International Federation of Bodybuilders, IFBB. Okay, so I guess they're the, the top one. Uh, let's see. He I think was he try to pay Arnold Schwarzenegger a crap ton of money to come in and do something with it. Yeah. 1991 Arnold Schwarzenegger. Good Lord. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, he was also the publisher of various bodybuilding and fitness related magazines, most notably muscle and fitness flex men's fitness and shape and the manufacturer of a line of fitness equipment and fitness supplies. Yeah. Okay. That sounds familiar. But yeah, those were, those are still like muscle and fitness is still alive today i don't know about the other ones but i think shape is too oh, okay yeah so let's just say he was successful in in what he did but now to dallas where the promotional war between the uswa and gary hart has actually helped business the sportatorium grew 650 people compared to hart's 350 but both of those numbers are actually double their usual attendance oh my gosh oh. uh just putting this out there, there is a little known promotion here in Dayton that drew yeah. fourth. Yeah, yeah, Dayton. Uh, but they drew four thousand people to a show just about a week ago. So, God, the USWA could. Who was on that off. show? I don't know. I never did find out the card. I'm assuming they brought in some big names. That is, uh, I've been to some big indie cards. In back, you know, years ago here in Dayton, and that is a gigantic freaking number. I mean, yeah, I was in a very small venue, but it was big enough to cram 4,000 in, so they uh, <laughs> they got more than TNA in their heyday, so <laughs> that's impressive. That's saying something. Yeah, right. Uh, and they don't have a TV deal, so. But anyway, Herb Abrams is claiming to. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had to put this story on here just for you, man. He's claiming to have 125 television stations carrying his UWF show by April. Uncle Dave is unable to find it. Cue it up, cue it up, please. Oh, where are you talking this? There it is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Uncle Dave is unable to find any of the alleged TV stations. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Uh, And I will have, like, this one I will actually bet you that Uncle Dave personally called these TV stations. It was like, are you showing this this show? Oh, man. He lives in California, which is kind of a hub for television, so might not be hard for him. Yeah. Well, now moving to Japan. Uh, Speaking of things out here. Uh, the main event for the February 26th All Japan show was Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and Terry Gordy defeating Mitsuhara Misawa and Toshiaki Kawada Mizawa took a powerbomb on the floor, and Kawada had to work the match by himself and finally got pinned. Something tells me there was a lot of strong style brewing in this one. That is a future Raw for All loser, Dr. Death. Good lord. I like how that's what you know him as. Uh, I personally know him as the guy whose promos I've quoted multiple times on this show, because they're so god-awful bad. (laughs) 
Well, since we're on it, I just want to say that Brawl for All and the UWF were the two best episodes of Dark Side of the Ring I've ever seen. Yeah, they weren't bad. Uh, I enjoyed them. I like how I like how Bart Gunn is sitting there, like doing the whole "I could have been a contender." <laughs> like, dude, you go back and watch that. He really did get screwed over. It's kind of dirty, man. He did. Uh, I, I will say he got screwed over on two two fronts. The first front is they were like, "Look, I know you're winning with what you're doing, but." We're going to send you to get classically trained and see if you do well then. And that threw him off. And then second, they're like, we're going to put you in there with a guy way above your weight class who has had many boxing matches. And, you know, let's, let's see how it goes. And I don't think he'd ever lost at that point. I could be yeah, very right. wrong on that. And I realized he was a quote-unquote freak show boxer. But at the same time, he, like, he had some power, man. <laughs> he was a big-ass dude with some heavy fists. So... Oh, he's a big dude. He put his ass behind all those punches, man. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, Steve Williams and Terry Gordy, uh, they knew how to suplex and beat the piss out of some MFers, and so did uh, Mizawa and Kawada. Kawada will kick your effing face off. So this one, oh, God, uh, the election, <laughs> the election for mayor of Tokyo is a few weeks away, and Antonio Inoki is a really distant long shot now. His speeches are coming off more as promos against his opponent, as though it's a match and not a debate. And this is almost as if celebrity star power won't always propel you to political office. I'll tell Arnold Schwarzenegger and Donald Trump that. Yeah. Well, hey, I said always, okay? I mean, we saw that in the most recent midterm election. There were quite a few quote-unquote celebrities that ran that got stomped. So, I, I, I like that's the thing now. It's like, oh, you're but, like, people know who you are, right? Like, there's talk of, like, oh, we should have, like, Oprah and people like that, or The Rock. Like, dude, God. <laughs> I like The Rock, but I don't want him anywhere near political office. It has nothing. To, I don't know what his po- politics are, nor do I care. But, like, wh- why are we, like, we should elect, uh, you know, movie stars? <laughs> Ronald Reagan started all this? <sighs> yeah. My my only defense for that is at least he held some lower offices before he was like, ah, president. But it was considered a joke back then. They're like, you mean the guy from uh, Bedtime for Bonzo? Like, yeah, him. Who's yeah. president of the United States in 1985? Oh, Reagan. The actor? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, my, how things change. Like, <laughs> I liked... Um, that that show the boys on Amazon Prime. If anybody watches it, they they have a the boys. Captain, they have a char- uh, a Captain America ripoff character that was you know frozen or whatever held in stasis, and when and uh, he's watching TV, he's like, yeah, I miss like you know the old the uh, old wholesome stuff. He's like, you know what, like uh, like Bill Cosby, that's America's dad, and they're like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Never do after all these years, Al Bundy turns to be America's dad. I know, Fact. right? Yeah, not the guy from Seventh Heaven, not Bill Cosby. <laughs> no, they turned out to be creeps. Uh, although I do like the fact that the I feel bad. I don't know his name off the top of my head. The guy who played Carl Winslow. Oh uh, yeah, Reginald something. Yeah, Reginald Vel Johnson. Something. Oh, yeah, Reginald Vel Johnson. He was. Uh, he's in these. Uh, I want to say progressive commercials now. Is He's quote unquote TV dad. And it's like, you know what? I've never heard a bad word about that guy. To me, that's still like he's he's up there. Him and Uncle Phil are America's dad. 
and he never uh, was like um, never I got big like big headed either. He didn't seem to do much after that, if anything. Right. I like how he also played a cop in Die Hard. Like that was just his role, man. Right. <laughs> and uh, and like I said, hey, the guy who played Uncle Phil, like now now that was American. Yeah, James Avery well. was great. Hell yeah, man. He was also Shredder, which is you know awesome, but even better. Hell yeah. Uh, Tatsumi Fujinami retained the IWGP title from Vader on the latest New Japan show, so the match with Ric Flair will be title versus title now. Also, there's already tension between J- the Japanese side, which is def- uh, demanding a uh, 100% clean finishes with no funny business in all U.S. versus Japan matches. Well, we imagine know- that! <laughs> and we know we all know who's booking for the WCW side, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, I mentioned him earlier. It's Dusty Rhodes, and if the term "dusty finish" doesn't ring a bell, then uh, you know, Google it. Or stop listening to our show because you don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, right. He's too young for you, bro. But she might be able to date uh, Leo DiCaprio. Either way, <laughs> the Super World of Sports Tokyo Dome show, headlined by Hulk Hogan and Tenru versus the Legion of Doom, is looking like a huge bomb. It was not. It was announced as the largest... Why the hell would you have a huge bomb with the Hogan and the Legion of Doom on there? Yeah, right. And Tenru was like a god in Japan, too. So like, Yeah. He was Hogan on WrestleMania Ten- 7, I believe. We were just talking about that. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I think, but, matter yeah. of fact, no, I, think about, I think he might wrestle the LOD. I think. Wow. It was a tag match. That's awesome. <laughs> nice. But yeah, uh, this was not a huge bomb whatsoever. It was announced as the largest indoor crowd in the history of Japan at well over 65,000. But Allegedly Uncle, Dave, well. Uncle Dave disputes that, claiming that it was... Oh, of course he does. He says it was more like 42,000, and only 25,000 actually paid. I want to see receipts, like actual thing. proof here. Here's what I've heard about Japanese culture from somebody who's Japanese, by the way, when I worked at a coffee shop. They don't believe mm. in tips. Okay? They believe it's an insult. So, right, uh, and the reason I bring that up is because like, why are they going to cop tickets? Wouldn't that just be going against their beliefs? Uh, I don't know. Well, no, I mean they do paper, like they give out free free tickets. I mean, that's uh, yeah, I don't know how it works. I'm just following what I've heard. Yeah, no, I mean the they they do paper occasionally, not often, but occasionally. Um, uh, but yeah, I I don't know. This like I, my thing with Uncle Dave is with all of these numbers. It's like he never brings receipts. It's always the trust me, bro. Like, no, I, I have legitimate sources. Yeah, right. Like, I'm sorry. I never trust somebody whose evidence is trust me, bro. I forget. There's a little movie with Liam Neeson in it. Uh, uh, it was a, it was a Clint Eastwood movie. They said, you know, you, you know, you say, you know, you say Fuck you in this world. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> people have said before, like, I mean, this is a little different, but people were saying before they're like, uh, when when people say, "Let me be perfectly clear," or "Let me be honest," it like that basically means everything I was saying before is bullshit. Yep. <laughs> if I'm being uh, honest, yeah, right. Uh, anyway, SWS is. Does, it, does that mean Simon Cowell does not like everything he does on America's Got Talent? Because he uses that a lot. If I'm being honest, yeah, right. <laughs> well, yeah, but well. My uh, the the what I was referring to is like if they're if they're uh, answering questions and and giving a speech and then like midway through they're like let me be honest with you and it's like oh so you weren't being honest in your speech up until now or the 
the the answers you were giving were BS. Like, okay. I always like that. But Super World of Sports is feuding with a newspaper called Weekly Pro Wrestling, who dared to criticize their January 4th show and report that fans booed the, quote, action. And they called it the worst show at the Tokyo Dome in years. So, as a result, SWS banned them from covering their shows. So now, the other newspapers are suddenly throwing out enthusiastic, enthusiastically positive reviews in order to maintain their press credentials. Can you do that? Ban people from doing it? Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't have to let the press in. I mean, uh, like, if you're a private company. I, well, actually, I, I think you can ban certain members of the press, period. Because, I mean, we've seen... Uh, We've seen politicians do it. We've seen companies do it. Oh, you're not allowed in here. Like, uh, like WWE allows certain places to cover their stuff. But well, no, uh, but what I'm going off of is the whole covering. You don't have to be there to cover it. Well, well, yeah. I mean, they can cover it, but they just don't get press credentials. Like, and they can't actually be. I'm at just getting the show. a flashback to when uh, Chris Jericho said Jim Cornette was no longer allowed to watch Dynamite. Can yeah. you do that? That's like, <laughs> what are you going to do? My show? Like, do you know where he lives? They're going to track down his house and put, like, a black box on his <laughs> table or something? Like, like how is that going to work? He's going to sneak in in the middle of the night and put a passcode on T- TNT or TBS? Like the review he did, he was, shh, we're going to talk about the show that I'm not allowed to watch. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, dude, just quit saying stupid stuff, Jericho. I know some of it is, like, he's, again, it's like he's trolling, trying to piss people off and get a rise out of people. But, you know, like, good lord. Final story I got here. The SWS show on April 1st in Kobe will feature Koji Katao uh, versus Earthquake in a battle of former sumo stars with ringside seats priced at $150. Well, they would certainly get a newsworthy show for their money. <laughs> Why, what happened? Uh, for, for people that don't know, Koji Katao... Hello, uh, who's me? Yeah, uh, Koji Katao, uh, as I mentioned, like he, he's a former sumo, as was uh, John Tenta, a.k.a. Earthquake. And Koji believed that he was better than John Tenta in real life, and he shouldn't have to uh, do a job for him. So he starts going for his eyes and trying to do shoot-like moves to actually hurt Tenta. And Tenta kept blocking him, and he finally got pissed off at him. And so Katao got out of the ring... And started throwing a fit, grabbed a mic, and said, wrestling is BS. I was supposed to lose to this guy. It's all fake, and you're all stupid. And then he storms out. Okay, I remember that. I just remember where it was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, people can Google, or I think you can YouTube it. You can definitely Google this, because there, there's some s- stuff. So, not only was the guy an a-hole at that show, but apparently Koji Katao was uh, a giant a-hole and, with a huge ego, and everybody hated him. Allegedly. So there's uh, there's that. But anyway, that wraps up our news and notes for the day. Ready to get into the event? Oh, <laughs> well, we're going to dive into the event at hand after this break right here. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. 
your room was... Oh, we shared the room. Shared a room. For we right? shared the room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Yeah, yeah, ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Slow, mate. Take it easy. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're yeah. back. We're back. It is WCW New Japan Pro Wrestling's Japan Super Show. The date was March 21st, 1999. Or excuse me, 1991. <laughs> uh, March 21st, 1991. It aired in April, though. So I don't know how that worked. But the venue was the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan. Oh, the tape's away, TJ. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> well, it's like, uh, like how long did they hold off on it? Like, and I don't, I don't at least know. a couple, of, at least nine days, right? Ten days. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, but the attendance was sixty-four thousand five hundred. So pretty good, pretty good attendance for the Tokyo Dome. They were acting like this thing was going to suck. How many uh, does that place hold? Uh, between sixty to or, or between sixty-five to seventy thousand, I think. It was close to full. And how how many did Dave say attended? Uh, I don't know if he disputed that one. I think this was the reported number uh, by Dave. Of course not. <laughs> well, hey, he disputed the numbers in the Tokyo Dome when uh, uh, when the WWF was going to be there. So, uh, well, you know, if it's, if it's an American company reporting these numbers, then uh, you know, well, actually, but you know, if it if it's a Japanese company, then I will say that it is accurate. <sighs> but anyway, uh, yeah, can you make a fancy themselves Japanese all day? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he may be Canadian, but he is Japanese by extension. <laughs> Same with Will Ospreay. But the pay-per-view buy rate for this one was 0.6, so not amazing, but it was what it was. We start off with commentators... Let's tell them why. I say what? Let's tell people why the buyer is low. We'll get into the show now. Go. Wow. Uh, we start off with commentators Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone talking about the event and the uh, great events that were held that week for them in uh, in Japan. We now see a video package of contract signings for the title matches tonight and a luncheon where we unfortunately get to see Jim Hurd and the wrestlers going around Tokyo and shopping. Why do we need to see the wrestlers shopping in Tokyo? Because f*** you, that's why. <laughs> hey, I, I watch uh, vlogs of Matt Cardone and Brian Myers figure shopping, okay? So people, there is a, uh, is a audience for this. Uh, if they were shopping for something like that, that makes sense. But they were like going into like local clothing shops, and it's like, oh, I want this T-shirt. Cool. <laughs> but the opening six-man tag match is between Fly and Brian, Tim Horner, and the Z-Man. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> and they are taking on Takayuki Izuka, uh, Kuniaki 
Kobayashi and Shiro uh, Koshinaki or Koshinaka, whatever. Right. Two I'm sorry. Good coffee, by the way, up in Canada. <laughs> I am so sorry. I'm going to butcher some of these names of people. I have no idea who the hell they are. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but this goes 12 minutes, but, 10 but seconds. But you didn't put your name of the Z-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this well, one... Uh, you're still learning. <laughs> this was a like, just a, a typical uh, Japanese opening match with you know the six-man tag. But after an assisted dropkick from the top, Izuka hits a bridging dragon suplex on Tim Horner for the win. This is another one of them where it's like, uh, look at this lineup. Tell me who's going to eat the pin. I would have picked Horner. <laughs> uh, oh, man. <laughs> uh, Uncle Dave gave this. Now playing the role of Chavo Guerrero Jr., Tim Horner. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, we're taking a break from crapping on Chavo for the week. Uh, Uncle Dave gives this three and three quarter stars. I give oh. it two and a half. I gave it two and a half. It was average as far as a match. What say you? I gave it two. I did have a little fun watching it. Yeah, it was fine. I didn't think it was bad. I don't know who the hell any of the guys were on the Japanese side, but, uh, you know, whatever. You know what? We make a lot of fun of Z-Man on here, but he wasn't that bad. No. I mean, he wasn't, like, great. The next Hulk Hogan. But yeah, no. He wasn't great, but, you know, he wasn't horrible all the time. It wasn't like... Look, they employ or they employed uh, Van Hammer, who, by the way, is coming later this year. He sucked all the ass, but and managed you know, to stay signed for all the years. Right? Like, what the hell, man? Z-Man was like Brian Danielson compared to Van Hammer. So maybe Van Hammer went to the uh, Daniel Garcia school of blackmail. <laughs> yeah. Right. He had pictures of multiple people because, well, actually, maybe he just had pictures of. Uh, uh, Ted Turner. <laughs> like, hey, I have, I have some uh, compromising information about your wife. He's like, ah, everybody has compromising information about my wife. I mean, uh, about you. Oh, well, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> For those that know who Ted Turner's married to, you'll get the joke. But anyway, uh, we go back to commentary for a moment before we start the next match so they can explain what we're about to watch. Cool. And do they? <laughs> yeah. Boy, do they. Uh, uh, up next is Jushin Thunder Liger defending the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title against Akira Nogami in about 16 minutes. I have never seen Akira Nogami before. Uh, I've also never seen Liger wear this outfit, this outfit before. It's like light blue with silver and gold trim. It's kind of cool. Nogami has his own streamers shoot from his hands when he's announced, by the way. I thought, I thought that, that was, was funny. Cool. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Uh so Nogami kicks out of two Liger bombs in a row. Later on, Liger ends I'm up winning. I'm already called BS. <laughs> right. Uh, Liger ends up winning with a DDT off the top rope. Uncle Dave gives this three and a half stars. I I don't know. I I got a little bored with this one at times. I gave it two and a half. Let's see you. I surprisingly with Uncle Dave once. So I gave it three. I thought it was fun. It was good. I just I was like, eh. I've seen way better out of Liger. And again, Which is why I catch that three. Yeah, right. But uh, Jim Ross claims that that was one of the most exciting junior heavyweight matches that they've ever seen. Right. Till Liger and Pillman wrestle. Yeah, right. Well, someone should tell him and Tony Schiavone's face and voices that because they look super bored. 
I've never seen uh, someone... I've been told by my producer to say this is one of the most exciting matches I've ever seen. Right. And by the way, before anybody asks me, this was well before Jim Ross had his, his spat with Bell's palsy. So, no, his face was not frozen. Uh, he could actually emote at this point. So, no, it, like him and Tony Schiavone both sat there straight-faced, staring dead-eyed into the camera and with, like, the most bland tone. They're like, that was one of the most exciting junior heavyweight matches we have ever seen. Anyway, next match. <laughs> it looked felt- like uh, Wednesday Adams was, like, reviewing it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, right. <laughs> I felt the need to, to, to put that out there, by the way, because I know there's going to be somebody like, you asshole, he had Bill's palsy. Like, not at this time. Chill out. Calm down, nerds. Chillax. As a kid say, hey, can you still say that? Why are you asking me? I'm over 30. <laughs> uh, I'm all well past hip and cool at this point. Although I am going to Comic-Con this weekend, so uh, I, I don't know if that's well. 40 and have a huge action figure collection. Exactly. So I guess we're not the, the pinnacles of what, you know, <laughs> what being a, a boring adult is, but, you know, whatever. Either well, way. For I, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Up next is uh, Arn Anderson and Barry Windham taking on Masa Saito and Masahiro Chono. Wait, wait, who? I'll let you do it. You can have the honor. Masa, my hero, Chono. He, he is nobody's hero. He, Eric Bischoff, uh, apparently, he said it. Dude, I will say this. He is aggressively average. <laughs> <laughs> he looks that's, like a Japanese version of one of those guys from the Matrix, though. Oh, God, yeah. Well, that's he, badass. He, He's uh, he's looking for Mr. Anderson. <laughs> oh man, he even had the trench coat and the sunglasses. Maybe yeah. well, so maybe he More is Mr. Anderson. CW, so. uh, but oh yeah, he he could have got together with uh, he he should have joined forces with Berlin and the Wall later on. See now you're talking, dude. Hell yeah, that's the blandest tag team or triple team I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> when I look up the word bland. In the dictionary, it's a picture of those guys. <laughs> but this goes and nine Mr. Minutes. Yeah. Uh This goes nine minutes seventeen seconds. Barry Windham has the Mark Davis haircut here, but with a big ass mustache. Would you? Agree? Yeah, I I didn't want to say this, but man, he looks like he needs to be registered somewhere. <laughs> he looks. I hate to say it like this, but there is this picture of Mark Davis sitting there, like at a game in like a Raiders track suit with a backpack on or whatever. And, <laughs> and the caption is absolutely normal. Yes. Yeah. And somebody captioned it and said, he looks like he, he just got, uh, he just got rewarded for not <laughs> his pants that day at school. Barry <laughs> uh, Windham had some of the nicest hair ever, by the way. So to quote Matt Cardona, you do that to your hair and you can grow hair like that. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How can I take you seriously with that haircut? Now, this is a time where that <laughs> act- is actually valid. Any Him, listen- uh, Ricky Starks. I mean, there's some questionable haircuts. <laughs> uh, uh, anybody, like, frequent listeners of the show, you know what I'm referencing when I talk about that. But, yeah. so. Uh, but, anyway. Uh, you imagine you saddled with that haircut and a stutter? Oh, hell. <laughs> I just didn't like him at all, man. This is what you're going to do all this. Yep, I, I, forgot, you person, I forgot that I put this in my notes. Uh, I said 
that Barry Windham has a look that screams, you're not allowed around my daughter. (laughs) 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 I'm not wrong. I'm going to take a quick pause because you may second guess that comment later and edit it out. So pause. All right, go. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that one. I'm leaving it in, man. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, in the end, Saito and Anderson, or excuse me, Saito has Anderson from behind. Wyndham hits the ropes, Arn ducks, and Wyndham hits a lariat on Saito. Anderson then pins Masa Saito for the win. I'm not really shocked that he took the, like, he ate the pin over Chono because they're kind of building him up at this time. Uncle Dave gives this dose stars. I give it two and a half. Again, average. Let's say you. I gave this one. I hated it. I was bored. <laughs> really? Yeah. I thought Anderson and Wyndham did. And good. I love, I love Barry Windham. I, 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 you know, he's one of my favorites. But this is boring. Yeah. By the way, the crap I was talking about Wyndham's like look. I don't want anybody to be like, oh, he hates Barry Windham. Like, no, I love Barry Windham. We've said this multiple times already. It's that haircut is god dang. Like, why? I love Eddie uh, Guerrero. I hate Mulch. <laughs> Just kidding. I love yeah, Mulch. Dude. <laughs> now, of course you do. At least half of you does. <laughs> Uh, well, apparently, uh, you know, Eddie, Eddie's Mexican. He had a mole, so apparently, it's the whole part of me. Boom! Yeah. Right. Wow. <laughs> but Hi, yeah, anyway, but well, we now get a shot of the fans of the con- uh, the concession stands buying food because you know this was needed. I don't now think we should the- be showing that right after a match. Basically, telling everybody, yeah, they didn't care about this match. Yeah. Hey, everybody, uh, look at all the people that went to the concession stands as soon as Arn Anderson and Bully er, and Barry Wyndham came out. <laughs> if it was Bully Ray, I could see why they go to the concession stands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless he's with Devon, then I might stick around. But this next match, hey, you want to talk about a concession stand break? This next match, <laughs> it is Big Cat, who we've established is Curtis Hughes. Because when he first came out, I was like, oh, it's Mr. Hughes? And they said Big Cat. And I'm like, huh. you know, that's, a, that's another guy, by the way, that always had a job. Yeah, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> right wasn't very good. I mean, he didn't suck, but he wasn't very good. But anyway, he's taking on... He was Jericho's uh, bodyguard when he debuted in WWE. Yes. Uh, our, our most recent Raw that we covered, I think, from the Georgia Dome, I think he was with Jericho. But anyway, Big Cat is taking on, speaking of not good, uh, El Gigante. Shut up and take my money. Yeah. Match of the year right here, man. Man, I could hear the asses hitting the seats from here, man. This goes <laughs> two minutes, 16 seconds. That's about two minutes and 15 seconds more than it should have been. Yeah, this. Um, I wrote out the whole match. OK, so hey, we got to put a disclaimer in there for the idiots. Okay, we're not crapping on John Gonzalez, the man. Or yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, there you talk uh, about him. OK, talking about the match, not him. I've heard his name many, many, many people he was the nicest dude in the world. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure Jorge Gonzalez, I think was his name, was a, was a good guy. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Not casting aspersions, okay? Uh, let me see. Yeah, Jorge Gonzalez. I was... That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I like I said, I wrote out the whole match, so here we go. Uh, Big Cat gets in a few hits. El Gigante takes 20 minutes to hit a vertical suplex. He then hits a half-jump big boot when Big Cat's coming off the ropes. That was something. Finally, he catches Big Cat with a claw, taking him down and pinning him for the three. 
Uncle Dave gave it Uno star. I gave it negative one star. This sucked all the ass. What say you? I gave it one. You know what I noticed in this match, by the way? What's he that? was a lot more mobile as, as here than he was as Giant Gonzalez. Yeah. Like, a uh, lot more. Yeah, I don't know if they told him not to be so mobile as Giant Gonzalez. I mean, I, I don't, I really he don't know. He was like very like stiff, like a board as Giant Gonzalez. Yeah, I know. That big boot left uh, something to be desired, but yeah, I don't know. Dude, did Max you notice he's... Yeah, right. Did you notice he took like two years to hit that suplex? Yeah, like, well, I mean, what now that you say it. Yeah. yeah, he like, he, he hooked him. Then he's like turning around. Should I? Should I? What about you guys? Yeah. And it's like, dude, effing hit it, man. God dang. <sighs> but I'm gonna hit anyway. It. Up next, we actually get a match. It is the Steiner brothers of Scott Steiner. No. Uh, go Okahama U, which is the team they're facing. It's uh, Hiroshi Hase and Kensuke Sasaki. It's title versus title with the NWA, or excuse me, WCW, and IWGP World Tag Team titles on the line. I guess it is still the NWA title, or tag titles, whatever. Uh, this goes for just shy of six, uh, 13 minutes. It is mullets galore in this match. All right, thanks for stealing my notes. <laughs> <laughs> the only person, including the ref, who didn't have a mullet was Rick. Like, Yeah, but if you wanted to, he can grow out a sweet afro with that hair. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, it, it comes in big, thick, and curly. <laughs> oh, I need that man. soul glow for it. My God. But yeah, uh, Sasaki one of my had one. Favorite movies. <laughs> Sasaki had one. Hase had one. Scott had one. The ref had one. Rick was feeling left out. He just had that stupid headgear. So, but. Anyway, uh, in the end, the Steiners hit their elevated double-team bulldog on Sasaki, and then Scott nails a Frankensteiner on him for the win. Uncle Dave gave this four and a half stars. I said, call me F down. I gave it three. What say you? Four and a half? Yes. I gave it two. Four two? and a half? Damn. Yeah. I got a little I thought it, at times. I at thought times. it was... I thought it was a really good match. Uh, Hiroshi Hase is really damn good. Anybody, what I know Hase from is, if anybody wants to know what the quote-unquote Muda scale is, uh, great. look up Great Muda versus Hiroshi Hase. Great Muda bleeds like a stuck pig. Like, all over. Uh, Hase busts him wide the F open multiple times. But uh, The John yeah, Marcus school bleeding him. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, Hase's really good. The Steiners are really good. Uh, Sasaki, I guess, was good. I, I haven't seen enough of him to really judge. But yeah, the match was the match was pretty good. But here's where we get into the, uh, the actual like good matches of the show Like at this point in the card. Because after the match, the Steiners are presented with both sets of tag title belts and two sets of trophies. Championships, pal. Like, why in Japan are they like... Oh, you get the uh, you get these championships like that's but that's not enough gold. Here's two gigantic ass trophies. Like, cool, I guess. I, I don't know, but has like just something else for them to mail back home, I guess. But they shake hands with their opponents and uh, and hug them before celebrating some more for the crowd. And now 
My personal match of the night is up next. It is the Great Muta, who I just mentioned, taking on Sting. This goes a couple Hall of Famers. Oh yeah, yeah. For anybody that doesn't uh, doesn't know, Great Muta has been announced for the WWE Hall of Fame. Hell yeah. Uh, I, I I I don't want to ask too much, but man, I would love to see him like do just like a quick little match, whatever, at WrestleMania, one of the nights. That would be so awesome. As Brian Myers calls it, a quick squisher. Hell yeah. Dude, I, I don't, it, like, it doesn't have to be a full-on match, whatever, just, like, get him in the ring, full garb and whatever, mask and robe and all that stuff. Have him hit a shining wizard on somebody and go the F home. I would be happy as crap to see Muda at a WrestleMania. Maybe but, the biggest star in all wrestling has never been in WWE. Yeah, right. Uh, Real quick, while we're talking about that, somebody posed this question. I didn't even think about it till just now. Who do you think is going to induct him? Well, it's got to be Flair. That's the only one I can think of because the obvious choice, in my opinion, would be Sting, but it's not going to be him. And we know, so, unfortunately, it can't be Gary Hart. Yeah, Gary Hart's passed. Um, the only two I could think of would be uh, well, and Antonio Inoki's passed, so it can't be him. Uh, the only. Ones that I could think of would be either Flair or Terry uh, Terry Funk, maybe. But oh, yeah. my horse is sick. I can't get to the lane. I remember I had a match with Muda, but my horse got sick, so I left town. Also, his mother's a whore. <laughs> uh, I guess we're gonna find out how much English Muda can speak. I I'm assuming with as much time as he spent in the states, he can at least form some coherent sentences. So. We'll see. Uh, it should be fun. Uh, I'm excited to see I that one. I suppose Nakamura is not out of the question. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, that's the first time he'll have like a long-winded speech where he might just come out there and say a couple words and be like, Muda! Like, alright, good enough. But either way, uh, this one goes... Well, you need to say for that, man. Right. Uh, oh, it, it, Another uh, thought that I was like, oh, it could be this guy, but I don't think he speaks hardly any English at all is Tajiri. Like, multiple people have said Tajiri speaks next to zero English. So he can't exactly do the induction. But I don't know. Yeah, I Either believe way. he speaks perfect Spanish, right? I, wanna, I don't know. Maybe? Uh, I know Mick Foley said he had to, like... Um, him and William Regal being with Tajiri all the time, that was legit, because he said he, he needed somebody to translate for him and, uh, like, basically tell people what, what Tajiri wanted because he couldn't speak English to, to communicate. But at some point, Sting thought to himself, you know what will appeal me to the Japanese crowd is if I dress like a giant American flag. Well, hell yeah. <laughs> but in his defense, the crowd did explode for him and the babies went flying in the air. I put this, it's kind of weird and funny in a way, because I also put this up there with, um, I think it's two years after this, or yeah, I think it's in 93, Hogan takes on Great Muda again. I don't know why this is a thing taking on Muda in Japan. But Hulk Hogan co goes over to Japan, and he comes out to real American, waving a giant effing flag. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? But again, the crowd effing blew for him, so obviously there's no hard feelings. They're like, all right, yeah, whatever. 
It's just like that wouldn't happen here. Like if some dude comes out in America, like even a country we don't care about, like somebody comes out decked in Canadian colors, waving a giant flag, he's going to get booed here in America. I don't know. I guess that's not a thing in Japan. But uh, I will say this was the best match on the card so far, in my opinion. In the end, Sting goes. This is the best match on the card, period, dude. Yeah, it's got to be. The Sting goes for the Stinger Splash, and Muda moves out of the way while spraying mist right in his face. He then hits a springboard body splash and pins Sting to win. Uncle Dave and I were both on the same page with this one. Gave it three and a half. What say you? I gave it four. Really good match. Uh, I loved every time these guys hooked up, whether it's WCW or uh, New Japan there. So, good crap, pal. Can't go wrong with Muda and Sting. But after the match, Sting attacks Muda. He throws Muda into the corner and hits a Stinger Splash and then locks in the Scorpion Deathlock. WCW wrestlers and New Japan Young Lions hit the ring in a mass trying to break up the brawl. What was funny was I mentioned earlier about uh, New Japan's like, well, in all the WCW versus New Japan matches, there has to be clean finishes. Meanwhile, their guy uses Mist to win his match. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's clean of them. And I was like, well, we didn't say our guys couldn't do it. But anyway, that takes us to our second to last break of the, of, uh, the podcast. On the other end of this, we're going to get into the main event here in a few minutes. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Muddy 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUp Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. For the main event... Ric Flair is led to the ring by beautiful women in one-piece bathing suits. Uh, one, one is carrying an American flag. Flair is using a different theme for this show. Did you notice that? I did not. 
had at least it sounded like it to me anyway. It didn't sound like his normal theme. It sounded like some other like dramatic mu- like classical music. But before the match, they all face a giant American flag and stand for the Star Spangled Banner. They then face a giant Japanese flag and stand for the Japanese national anthem. The ring announcer isn't the one from earlier that was wearing a kimono. This one is in a white tuxedo and wearing a goofy-ass hat. Why? Don't know. We now get our main event. It is Tatsumi Fujinami versus Ric Flair, title versus title for the IWGP and NWA World Heavyweight titles. This goes about 23 minutes. Uh, I will say this was a damn good match that didn't need blood. But it's a day that ends in Y, so Flair must bleed, brother. Uh, even though this is in Japan, this isn't. Uh, this is still a Flair match, so the ref gets bumped when Fujinami ducks Flair's forearm. Fujinami reportedly has Flair pinned, but no one is there to count. Referee Tiger Hattori finally comes in the ring, and you Fujinami... finish those guys, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Especially in the main event, man. That's when it counts. Uh, but fi- uh, referee Tiger Hattori finally comes into the ring, and Fujinami gets Flair tied up in a pin for three. Uncle Dave and I both gave this three and a half stars. What say you? I gave it three. Fun match, I thought. The ending was uh, the ending was what it was because they were building up the Super Brawl. But yeah. Speaking of which, after the match, Ric Flair argues over the validity of the win. The New Japan roster hoists the dragon onto their shoulders as he holds up the NWA and IWGP World Titles. After this, Tatsumi Fujinami is presented with two different trophies. We go backstage with Jim Ross in a press conference area. Ross pretty much lets us know that since uh, Bill Alfonso saw earlier in the match that Tatsumi Fujinami uh, purposely threw Ric Flair over the top rope to the outside, he was disqualified and does not win the NWA title. Lame. Yeah, so uh, there you go, ladies and gents. We cut the sting with green mist all over his face. And did you notice it's on his teeth? I did. That's effing gross. That means Muda spit in his mouth. <laughs> I mean, I guess that. Well, that also little... means sink in his mouth open. That would be fair. Yeah, I was going to say to that in uh, Muda's defense there. Maybe don't like it's not like sting didn't know it was coming. Don't dive in when a guy's going to spit in your face with your mouth effing open, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> But anyway, uh, he says that what the great Muda did wasn't sportsmanlike, and he's looking for revenge against him in any country. So, more Sting versus Muda. But back in the press area, Ric Flair comes storming up to the table with his head wrapped up and the four horsemen in tow. Flair looks, flips it. Looks incredibly nuts, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. He looks like uh, later on in his career when he's going to escape from the. Uh, Old folks home. <laughs> Flair flips the table and takes the NWA title before storming off. Fujinami tells Jim Ross that he got the three count, so he's the winner. We now close the show. And that brings us to our final break. On the other end of this, we're going to get you the final ratings, what we thought of the show, and telling you what's coming up in the future of the podcast right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. 
What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump Podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we are back final ratings beyond uh, internet movie database gives us 6.8 out of 10 uh, cagematch.net gives it 6.42 out of 10 uh, i give it a 6.5 out of 10 d plus c minus somewhere in there what say you C plus. It was a pretty decent show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe I was a little harsh with the uh, D plus, but yeah, is it at the very least a C minus, maybe a C somewhere in there. Uh, it was uh, D it was plus. Good... <laughs> it passed. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, I mean there were there were enough matches on the card that were watchable or uh, watchable. I like how to building good. up to this show, by the way, I told you I didn't enjoy it that much and. You were kind of like on the fence about it, and you you end up rating it lower than I do. <laughs> yeah. I I did enjoy it. There were a few matches that, like I just wasn't super impressed with the Liger match, which I did not expect going into this. Uh, the last three matches I really enjoyed. The opener opening six man was okay, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was it was fine. I, I didn't hate it. But that's our bonus show for the month, ladies and gents. On March 29th, to close out the month, we've got one final WrestleMania for you. And it's the one and only that I've been to, and I was there with Greg, in the Superdome. It was WWE WrestleMania 34. We were supposed to go four years earlier. Something that we can't remember even happened, and we didn't go. But we ended up going in It might be because I can't use my work, I want to say. Yeah, might have been something to that effect. But yeah, so we didn't go to WrestleMania 30. We went to 34. In my opinion, WrestleMania 34 was a better show. So I enjoyed myself. Or WrestleMania 30 had a better ending, but yeah, better show overall. Right. Uh, But that will close out the month of March. And that is our last show before WrestleMania actually gets here. Uh, You said it looks now like you are going, correct? Most likely, yeah. Yeah, so I'm gonna try to vlog a lot of it too. So, yeah, so we're gonna try to get some content from the area. I posted when you were, uh, uh, when you were at the Royal Rumble, I posted stuff on our yeah, YouTube I'm gonna page. try to get even more content because I think those are just still pictures, right? Yes, mm, yeah, more content. Try to vlog as much as I can. Yeah, so check him out. He's on Instagram at main event collector. 
Uh, he's also oh, yeah, his, Twitter, out. his Twitter handle is tagged in uh, our pinned tweets of our latest podcast. So follow him there. And uh, in the link tree, right? Uh, yes. If you go to our link tree, you'll see his Twitter and his uh, uh, Instagram accounts on there. You can go check him out. And of course, follow us on social media as well at main event underscore marks on Instagram and fa- um, uh, Instagram and Twitter. Facebook. I don't hey, update for all the downloads. Much. Yeah. And uh, yeah. some crazy numbers for two idiots. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I will say a couple weeks ago we dropped WrestleMania 19 and that has been our most listened to podcast in a single week. Not like all together, but just in a single week. That had the most downloads for our first week. So thank you all. Apparently you all like it's it. Stuff like that that gets me excited to record again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it gives us some motivation to keep going with this instead of hanging it up and being like, eh, F it. I'm already, like, I'm looking ahead at our future schedule, and I'm excited about a lot of these shows we're going to be covering. Speaking of which, just quickly, uh, so I don't bore everybody, just quickly running down what y'all yeah. can expect from us <laughs> in April. Uh, April 5th, we've got TNA Lockdown 2005. April 12th. In my opinion, the best lethal lockdown there's ever been. I gotta go back and watch. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna bet money that's on I, is that, uh, YouTube. Is this the one where AJ dangles on the top of the thing and then drops in the cage? I think that's the one I'm thinking of. That might not be it. Maybe. Uh, TNA Lockdown 2005. It is on, if anybody wants to watch it, uh, oh, that's AJ and Abyss. Never mind. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I actually remember specifically the ending of that match. Um, but yeah, lockdown 2005. If anybody wants to go back, it is the full thing is on the Impact Wrestling YouTube page. It's uh, just shy of three hours long. Go back and check it out there. Um, I still have it on it DVD. Believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, didn't you say you bought a ton of them on DVD back in the day? Yeah, they used to only be like ten bucks. I bought them. Yeah, uh, Raven versus uh, Jeff Hardy in a tables match inside of a cage. That was uh, something. <laughs> Jim Cornette calls it putting a hat on a hat. Yep, very much so. Uh, but yeah, a lot of lot of stuff on there uh, to to get excited about. Uh, April twelfth, ECW barely legal, nineteen ninety seven. I want to say, wasn't that their first pay per view ever? It is their first ever one. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's actually not that bad. Yeah, uh, I've I know I know I take a lot of joy in bashing ECW, but it was not that bad of a show, right? And it was the only show they ever did called Barely Legal. I forgot about that. Uh, The Eliminators took on the Dudley Boys for the ECW titles. Taz and Sabu, Shane Douglas should have been the main event. Terry, I will say the ending of the show is effing weird in my opinion, because you've got a triple or a, excuse me, a three-way dance, what they called it. It was Terry Funk, Sam Mann, and Stevie Richards for the, the <laughs> number one contendership for the world title. And then the we winner of that. You. One of these things is not like the others. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but the winner of that, then right after they won, had to take on Raven for the ECW title to close the show. So it was a thing. But yeah, so looking forward to watching that. Uh, April 19th, that's double main event week. We're hitting you with two WCWs right in a row. One is good, one is hilariously bad, uh, and but historic. Space Stampede 98 was not bad at all. I don't know what you're talking about. 
Wow. Yeah, we're hitting you with Spring Stampede 1998 on April 19th. The main event of that one is Randy Savage versus Sting. Sting defending the WCW World title. Craven takes on DDP in a Ravens Rules match for the U.S. title. Uh, Hollywood Hogan and Kevin Nash team up to take on Roddy Piper and the Giant in a baseball bat on a pole match. Uh, if it's WCW, you got to say it right. Oh, the Giant with Roddy Piper. Yeah, it's a baseball bat on a pole match, and Russo is like a year and a half away from getting here, so it ain't him. We've got. <laughs> I love how uh, you got to clarify that. <laughs> right. Uh, Chris Jericho defends the cruiserweight title against Prince Aya, who gives a crap, Kaya. Uh, <laughs> Rick Steiner and Lex Luger, that's a whole lot of beef, taking on Scott Steiner and Buff Bagwell, which is also a lot of beef. Psychosis and Laparka take each other on, so that's a, I'm sure that's a decent match. Sure, that's a car crash. <laughs> uh, Goldberg opens up against Saturn. That's a that's a thing. And then he Goldberg's Goldberg jerking the curtain. Show, but there's a bigger story going on here with Goldberg. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I will say this show did not get good ratings. So. Uh, 411 Mania, if anybody knows what 411 Mania is, um, they do a lot of internet reviews and whatever. They're around a lot, but they gave the show a 4.5 for poor, stating, quote, there was certainly some potential on this show. The television title, U.S. title, and the Chavo Ultimo Guerrero matches were good stuff. Most of the event was filled with classic WCW overbooking and referee bumps. So we'll get into You can't that. say it's filled with classic whatever. It makes no sense. It was classic WCW. It's not. It's just how it is, right? Well, that's what. It, that's I'm just. Yeah. What, maybe I'm just like, trying to make too much sense of this, but it's like, classic trope. Well, it's a classic trope saying like, yeah. "Well, they they do it all the time." So, kind of like uh, Michael Cole, whenever somebody hits an old move, and he's like, "Vintage." But, he stopped uh, that now. It's uh, things are a lot God. different now, as he says. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the bonus show that week is worse than that. It is WCW Thunder from April twenty sixth, <laughs> nine or excuse me, two thousand. It is the one where David Arquette wins the world title. The real night WCW died. Yeah. In my opinion. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, uh, it was a thing. Yeah, Dewey What's from Scream. Huh? What's the date on that? April uh, 26th, 2000. I didn't watch that one yet. Yeah, I got to go back and check it out. Uh, I haven't watched any of these yet, so I got to get on it. Uh, I watched but, them all except for that Thunder Bonus show. Yeah. And then uh, April 26th, closing out the month with TNA Lockdown 2008. That one, I really am looking forward to seeing. It was Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle in a steel cage. I think we've covered all the Angle Joe matches so far in TNA's history, except for this one. So This is fantastic. Well, yeah, the main was, event. I don't remember the rest of the show. So I haven't watched that one back yet. Ah, okay. Yeah, uh, I definitely got to go back and watch. I, I'm I'm excited. The Lethal Lockdown match on this one looks kind of weird. Um, because we've got Team Cage versus uh, Team Tomko. So, yeah, Team Cage. It's Christian Cage, Kevin Nash, Matt Morgan, Rhino, and Sting. Team Tomko is AJ Styles, James Storm, Tomko, and Team 3D. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Stuff. And we have the six-man escape match for the TNA X Division title. 
and yeah, even barn burner. <laughs> and even the women are in the cage. They have a queen of the cage match. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, not like in the early days of TNA when they were in cages. This one, they're actually wrestling. So how about that? Uh, well, I should say some of them are wrestling. Some of them are uh, doing what you know they would describe as wrestling. But uh, yeah. And then of course we've got PG, PG James and uh, versus Kip James. So you know that's a uh, something that you know we needed to see. But all right, that uh, that wraps up April, and next week we'll wrap up March on the 29th. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yep. We will see you all next week with WWE WrestleMania 34 live from New Orleans, Louisiana. Mm-hmm.